This is the Inspiration Science Podcast, your guiding podcast on evolving your own science in life to holistically strive. We believe there is no general way of living and healing, but your universal way. You succeed the highest when you do you. On this podcast, we'll dive into deep conversations on mental health and aligning purpose to business for enlightening harmony in life. I'm your host, Osin June. Welcome everyone to the Inspiration Science Podcast with today's special guest. I'm so excited to announce her. Her name is Rachel Brooksmith and she has been in so many amazing movies and she's doing crazy impact apart from being an actress that played along in Turn It Up, 17 Again with Zac Efron, Burlesque, Aaron Mansu, and so many other amazing movies that is yet like coming out. And today we will talk into the topic of how you make your impossible possible. Um, she made a lot of things possible through belief, faith, a lot of action, because she's also a producer, an inspirational speaker. And um, also she helps alongside to help others to have thriving relationships um, that comes with self-mastery, with self-love, building wells on a level. So she has a lot to give. So thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on. And um, yeah, we're going to talk today about your story as well as about the topic, how to be the hero of your own story. Uh, thank you so much for having me and for that awesome introduction. I'm just so honored and grateful to be here and hope that I can inspire anybody out there that is listening. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, like the first time I came across your profile, like the first thing that got me to your world is your energy. It's like really like you're so bright and you're doing so many different things. And I think these days people limit themselves like I can be only that thing. And you're doing different things. You're an artist and yet you're an entrepreneur. You're a coach somewhat and leader and yet you're an actress. And, you know, like how did this journey start for you? Has wanting to be an actress always been your thing since you were a child or has it evolved throughout your journey? Yeah, so interesting. I actually really started my initial big life dream was to be an Olympic gymnast. So I started as a very competitive gymnast from a very young age. and very long story short, because this is a, my story is pretty long and <laughs> I mean, in depth, it would take a long time, but ultimately I started doing gymnastics. When I was really young. And when I was young at first, I really loved it, but then it got so competitive and so intense. Um, and I was living in a state of fear and anxiety all the time. And I really feel like I learned the power of my mind in a negative way first. Um, and even though I, it got to a point, you know, around when I was like 14 years old, when I was just so unhealthy and unhappy as a competitive gymnast, but I was so stuck in this world because all my friends were in it. It was like my dream. I, you know, was all about um, going to the Olympics. And then I got to a point where I wanted to quit so bad, but I just couldn't do it. I was miserable inside, literally dying inside. Um, it got to a point where I was like throwing up once a week because I was so stressed out all the time. And I was living in so much fear of getting hurt or getting yelled at or not being good enough. And uh, it ultimately uh, resulted in me shattering my hand. And so I have six pins in my hands. And I, I talk about all the time how I, I manifested that. Like that deep part of me wanted out so badly. And so I created a situation that would kind of force me 
out or give me a way out. And so I love talking about, you know, the power of my mind is our, the power of our mind is so strong in both directions. But ultimately, if we want something bad enough, like we'll create it, whether it's for whether it feels like a really beautiful, awesome situation and or in the other direction, really pain and suffering. Um, but our minds are powerful and what we think about or obsess about or, you know, want so deeply, man, we'll, we'll create it. Um, and ultimately it, that led me to when I finally did, after I broke my hand, had surgery, uh, finally got the courage to quit. I, it was very hard. It was very, very hard. Um, I went through a really traumatic time in my life when I, I lost my dream. I didn't know who I was, why I was here. I lost a lot of friends. Um, my relationship with my mom really struggled. And I just cried in my room for a while. because I was like, I don't know why, why I'm doing. Like, I really, it was, it was really, really hard. And then I, I saw this movie that changed my life. And that movie was called Center Stage. And I just remember sitting in the theater, 14-year-old little girl from Phoenix, Arizona, just so inspired by this film. And I remember not wanting to leave the theater because it was the first time I had felt lit up in a long time, like a long, long time. And I just sat in that theater and I said, that's what I want to do. I want to act. I want to dance. I want to inspire people the way that this movie inspired me. And I just sat there after everyone had left in this dark theater. And I just, I had learned the power of visualization from being a gymnast. And so I just started kind of automatically visualizing myself doing that, like being up on screen and telling stories and inspiring people that were watching. And so much so that like my family had to like pull me out of the theater. So like, we have to leave now and I didn't want to leave. Anyways, I just, right around that same time, I came across this book, 14 years old. I didn't even like reading, came across this book called As a Man Thinketh. And it was the first book that was teaching these principles of, you know, we'll be, we become what we think about all the time. And I was obsessed and it made everything make so much sense of what was happening in my life and how I was creating these experiences and how I could once I understood that power, I could switch it to um, things that I really, really wanted that lit me up, that made me happy, that I could be this creator of my life experience. And I just went down this rabbit hole of everything I could find about that. Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, like all these incredible teachers that were talking about it. I was so young and I just started going to all these conferences and workshops and putting everything I was learning to practice. So I made vision boards of center stage every day. I would write goals. I'd be like, I'm going to be in a movie like center stage one day. And I'm so grateful for it. Like practicing gratitude mm -hmm. ahead of time and writing it as if it already happened. And, and then <laughs> convinced my parents to let me move to LA when I was 18. And I didn't know anyone. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really have, like, I just had auditioned for this scholarship program where I had to act, dance and sing every day for a year, basically. And it, just catapulted me in this direction. And I was terrified. I mean, I cried myself to sleep almost every night, even though I was so excited and like, so lit up about being there. I was very homesick. I was very lonely. And, but what I kept going to, I kept rewatching center stage to like, remind me of this dream, like why I was doing this. Mm -hmm. And it would just give me this hope. And I also learned how to use the power of music and movement linked with intention and visualization and this kind of practice that I started when I was younger called a future gratitude practice, but it wasn't just sitting still in meditation. I didn't really learn how to meditate until later in life, but um, dance and movement and, and empowering music linked mm -hmm. with mindset and writing things down 
um, from a place of practicing gratitude for these things that you're creating in your future and as if it's already happened and, and also using movement to help me let go of all my uh, move through and navigate insecurity and fear and doubt um, and put me back into a place of uh, where I felt more confident and powerful. And it ended up in this crazy thing that happened where I ended up playing the lead role in the sequel to that film that changed my life as a little girl. I mean, I literally played wow. Kate Parker in Center Stage 2. Um, and it was so a way longer story of all these twists and turns and ups and downs and things that I thought were the worst things that ever happened to me, like the hardest things. But they were the exact things that taught me certain lessons that helped me develop these certain skills so that I could really land that role. And, uh, you know, if that's not a story of our ability to manifest what we want, you know, I don't know what is. Wow, it's so incredible. Wow, thanks for opening up. And, you know, congrats on all the growth, like for the bold moves that you did. And I think there are so many parts I can also definitely re relate to because like before I had certain success in my business and, you know, being really multi-passionate, you don't know like how to navigate different passions at the same time. Yes. Like for me, it was not just like one thing. For me, it's like media. Oh my God, TV. Oh, I want to become an entrepreneur. Oh, I love yes. music. I want to be in entertainment. And then I like cry myself every day, night to sleep. And I'm like so bubbly and happy. And yet I'm the person who cries the most, like literally like <laughs> behind the scenes. So emotional. Yes. I'm living next to the waterfall. And that's like how I feel. And I think many people, they kind of see that. They see the version. Wow, she's been in a lot of movies. Uh, she's, mm. She looks so happy in the relationship, but they don't see the tough conversations, the tough things. Like even in relationship, like it's so damn hard. And sometimes like you want to like give up, but you know you can't give up. So I'm curious to hear the moment you moved to LA and you took on these, you know, roles and things like what, what happened from there and what did you do to, to keep going? Because you obviously had to work yourself up to get into the movies and the things and, you know, what yes. happens here? Yeah, it's such a journey. You know, it's so interesting when I booked Center Stage, you know, it was the thing that everybody told me was impossible. I mean, when I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona and I started telling people that I wanted to act and be in movies. They're like, yeah, right. Have fun trying. Nobody ever makes it. Um, and I even had a lot of meetings with acting agents, like right before I booked the role, telling me, um, you're not ready. You're not good enough. Um, go do more things before we'll rep you. And it was so hard. It was so hard. That's why I'm such a huge believer in cultivate teaching people, my, myself, as well as other people how to cultivate, nurture, strengthen, and protect belief. Because our beliefs really, everything comes down to who you believe you are, what you believe you deserve, and what you believe you're capable of. And then really, why do you believe those things? Because ultimately, our answers to those questions will really determine the trajectory of our life. And a lot of times, our answers to those questions aren't even our own answers. There are things that we picked up from other people that kind of projected their fears, their doubts, their insecurities on us, or something that we saw in a film or something, um, you know, maybe uh, traumatic or even just hard that we went through as a kid that we picked up the story that like, oh, I'm not good enough or, oh, like I'll never have what they have or, oh, it's, you know, whatever it is. And so I am throughout my story, I recognize these patterns that I was like, oh, wow, like I was doing things 
differently. And there were these, these things that I was doing when things got really hard that I would, it's really these like couple steps of, I would always watch things that reinstilled my belief. Mm-hmm. And so I'd watch stories of people who made their impossible possible. I read books about it. And every time I felt really discouraged or sad or low, or I felt like life, like just slapped me in the face, I would just, I would just fill my mind with those stories. And I would try and, and talk to people and meet people and get curious about their stories and how they did it. And every time I heard someone's story like that, of how they made their impossible possible, it just lit this spark in me of like, yes, if they can do it, like I can do it. And, um, and then I'd also always listen to music and I would move in some way just to help me. Like I, I really, I, when I'm moving, when I'm dancing or running or boxing or doing whatever I'm doing, I'm not just doing a workout. I'm doing this whole like mental, spiritual, emotional, um, uh, magician type of thing where I'm physically seeing doubt and fear and insecurity leave my body when I like punch or I, or I'm like punching that part of, um, that old story that no longer serves me. And I'm rewriting things real time while I'm moving. And then also writing things down, like writing, writing out every day, I would write out and I still do this, my like mission statement for life, like things that I want to accomplish or that I want to create. I'll write it down, but I'll write it down from this place of gratitude, like, and, and seeing it and feeling it and, and going there regularly in deep meditation. So it's this kind of conglomerate of, you know, what you're watching and listening to what you're surrounding yourself with, um, the, and intentionally, the biggest thing is like, I intentionally create those and I protect them. Um, so if someone's like, oh, I, you know, you can't do it. What are you thinking? La, 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 la. I'm like, cool. Next. I don't, I don't let it really. And a mentor taught me this. And I think it's so important. Only listen to people who have created the reality for themselves that you want to create for yourself Yeah. because they've actually done it. Oftentimes we're listening to these people trying to give us advice or opinions, you know, and bless their heart. They're trying, they're trying to help, but if they haven't done what you're trying to do, then I wouldn't listen very hard because they don't live in that reality, right? We can only, if someone, like, I want to learn from people who have created wealth, who've created joy, who've created happiness, who've created not just accomplishments, but I really believe so many times, and this was also on my story, a huge lesson was that I was achieving some pretty cool things. Like I was living my childhood dream of getting to act in films. And even though I thought I would just get movie after movie after movie, it wasn't like that at all. I had to work my ass off. Um, and I had to go through some deep chapters of like, you know, deep sadness, deep sadness and loneliness and, and really a huge wake up call that even though I was working so hard, I wasn't prioritizing relationships at all because I thought the story that like, Oh, I'll be happy when I achieve, like I'll be happier the more that I make happen in my life. And then when I got to some of these places of like being on set of bring it on and, and all these, some other like huge films that I was just like blown away that I was even there. I realized that I was really lonely and I felt really unsupported and my intimate relationships, my friendships, they were just not good at all. And, and but it wasn't because there was something like wrong with me is because I wasn't focused on them. And ultimately through a very long journey of twists and turns and ups and downs and lots of different, really unhealthy, toxic relationships. Um, I finally went on this path of, Oh, I have to study like whatever I want to be good at in life. I have to study it. 
And I have to be my own uh, biggest supporter to say like, hey, if I want to know how to be healthy, I have to study health. Hey, if I want to know how to have great relationships, I have to study it. If I want to know how to create financial wealth, like I have to spend time and put it in my calendar, you know, reading books, going to workshops, learning from people who have done it. Um, and I think that's a pattern. That's a that's a formula um, that a lot of people miss that they're just expect that other people are going to teach them or somehow they'll fall into it or somehow they'll just like change will happen. And it only changes when we get really passionate about learning about it and creating change. And ultimately, that's what led us to create my husband and I relationship renegades because we felt so passionate about teaching these principles of how to create healthy, peaceful, playful, fully alive relationships. Because when you have that, pretty much everything in life gets better. Wow. Wow. That was so much wisdom and so many things in it. And, you know, I'm so happy that you're now in a healthy, loving relationship. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's so many women out there, including my past self, with, you know, being in toxic, abusive relationships and keep attracting the same person, like different person in the same different versions, you know, keep yes. toxic men in relationship. And I think it's a huge thing. I see that with a lot of like women who are very ambitious. Like I have this issue that I want to be super independent. Like guys are distraction, and after toxic things, I'm like, oh my god, like no boyfriend, no problem. And then I was like wired, go all in with your career. And until yes. I said, now my current boyfriend, and I realized, like after going through a lot of traumas and things, um, to you know that there is there are people who can be loving, but it's like process and it confronts like on all ways, like insecurities, the things when you live together, communication and things mm -hmm. like it's unnecessary to say. And as a woman, we feel like, oh my God, a guy should know that. And, you know, <laughs> you know, there's little things we women have and I'm being emotional yes. and I'm super sensitive, but I, and I, I'm curious to hear like to create a thriving relationship or like in your case, what's like one of the toughest things that you have to work through or keep have to work through. And you know, I think there's a lot of listeners, especially ambitious entrepreneurs, they have a hard time to balance that with their business and having Yeah. Man, that's such a great question. I love that question. And I love what you brought up because I do think a lot of really ambitious women out there are struggling. And they're struggling for a reason because the biggest thing that's put out a lot in media is that you don't need a man. You can do it by yourself, like be independent. And that's one of the biggest things that we're, we're really trying to help people rewrite with relationship renegades is that what we don't need is toxic relationships. You know, what we don't need is toxic, unhealthy um, things that oftentimes are portrayed in media um, from both sides, feminine and masculine. And, but what's so powerful is like really healthy partnership and what that means and all these lessons and, and uh, skill sets that help you be able to do that and how much like faster, stronger, healthier, better we are when we really work together, when we support each other. It's amazing what can happen when two people come together and, and really have this passion for growth together and how to support each other in a healthy way and <clears throat> know how to set healthy boundaries, know how to communicate from a place of love, um, have a certain amount of emotional intelligence about them. 
Um, and it is a journey. It's a journey. Um, I'll say some of my, one of my biggest things that I had to overcome was that a past pattern of mine was that, that I picked up when I was really young. We pick up these patterns when we're so young that a lot of times we don't even know, like it took me a long time to figure this out. But one of my biggest things that caused a lot of toxicity in my past relationships, and I had many uh, that taught me a lot, um, that were so hard, but I'm so grateful for because I wouldn't be so passionate about it without that, was that I had a really hard time telling the full truth in relationships. Like I would hide little things because I didn't want to hurt someone or I was scared they wouldn't like me. And so, you know, in different past relationships, people would ask me questions and I I knew I wasn't telling the full truth, but I was too scared to. And and ultimately I thought that was the better decision, but it was just putting me down this like downward spiral into a lot of toxicity and really crazy situations. Um, and so I had to go on this healing journey of first figuring out where did I pick it up? Because I would go to all these different, I, I would try so hard to change this pattern, but it really wasn't until I figured out like the root cause. Mm -hmm. And that was, I, I picked up this pattern when I was like, here to tell my dad the truth. Cause I didn't want to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so I picked up this pattern that like, oh, it's not. Rachel, can you hear me? Um, really different, like healing processes to heal that and let go of it and to realize that a girl um, and I can, it's safe to tell men the truth and it's better. And it will, if I just do the brave thing that felt very scary for me, even though it might be hard in that moment, that I'll always win in the end. And so I rewrote that story, right? When I talked about like, our beliefs are so powerful. I had this belief, this deep rooted belief that was running my life in a really unhealthy way. Once we go in and figure out what that belief is, rewrite it, heal it, rewrite it, everything changes. Um, and now I have so much pain around not being fully honest that it's almost like a superpower because even in the hardest of hard times with my, in my current relationship, I, I really believe that life is always, um, uh, giving us opportunities to prove if we've really learned the lesson, right? So I, I finally met this, like my absolute dream guy and I had been working so hard and I, I, I used all of the different things that I talked about to manifest the movie, same thing to kind of manifest my dream guy. And mm -hmm. one day he actually showed up and I, and I had learned all these skill sets and I knew all these things about how to operate more in my feminine, how to communicate from a place of love. Like I, I knew all these um, new things that really like drastically help um, create healthy relationships, but I got presented opportunities that were really hard and really scary for me. And it's interesting in a relationship. I feel like we usually always attract, we attracted the level that we're being not necessarily what we think or what we want, but really like, how are you being? And you'll attract things and people that are kind of operating at that same vibration or frequency. Um, and uh, what's interesting about life is that you'll usually get presented, especially in relationship, the perfect opportunity for a complete blowout or a deeper connection. Mm -hmm. Everything that me and my husband have gone through um, has been opportunity af af after opportunity to to ultimately, I don't know, we use the word prove, but kind of like prove that we've actually learned our lessons, that we've really changed, that we really want this. 
because there are many moments when it is very challenging. And it's in those moments that I feel like we have to really take some deep breaths and decide like, who am I being in this moment? Like what kind of person am I being? And I will either repel or attract at the level that I'm being. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely relate. And I think so many people as well in terms of like, you, you have to be like working through and honest. And I think there's Mm -hmm. this part that I also like struggle with because of fear, because like things of shame and, and then shame is a big thing at the core. If we like peel it really down and, and I realized like the more honest I was, the better I felt. And and so on so you know like to shed a bit more light on you did mention like you you had a hard time to open up or hide things like mm-hmm. tell us a bit more on what held you back like how you felt in those moments and how you are mm-hmm. able right now to open up fully to your husband about mm-hmm. any situation because many women kind of know that they should or yes. that do it yes but you know they subconsciously yeah. block themselves so what a hundred percent yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, find, find where you picked it up, find the story that's driving behavior. Once you really go and I say like, go into meditation, go into hypnosis, whatever it is, however, like have like a free writing session with yourself, like really figure out like, where did I, where did this pattern first start? And then do some work to heal and let go of that pattern and, and love that part of you that was scared. I think the only thing that really heals is this real unconditional love. I think a lot of people don't even uh, understand what that is because we're taught a very conditional type of love. We're taught even a lot of people's relationship with um, their higher power is conditional. It's like, oh, if I do this, then you'll love me. If I behave a certain way, then then I get love. Mm -hmm. Unconditional love has no conditions. So learning how to love ourselves unconditionally is very challenging. And I think it's a journey that I hope that we all go on. And if we do choose to go on that journey, man, life gets oh so much more peaceful. <laughs> um, yeah. So I had to learn how to love on these pieces and parts of myself, especially my younger self that didn't know what she didn't know. And I had to go into like deep meditation. And what I love, one of the biggest things I learned as an actress, I learned so many things as an actress that are so powerful for relationships and just for life. Um, and something I love to do with our like coaching clients or at our retreats or at our events is, is talk about parts work, right? It's ultimately that we all have these characters within us. We have like the little kid character within us. We have our like boss babe character within us. We have our like, um, I don't know, like the, the bitch character, whatever it is, we have all these different characters and it's learning how to connect with and love on all these pieces and parts of ourselves that ultimately are in conflict. We don't know it. Um, and, you know, learning as an actress, playing all these different characters, it's helps me have such deep compassion just for the human experience. But ultimately, I think a lot of our stuff comes from where this quote that says, like, you can't um, you can't heal mm-hmm. if you hate the p- things that you've gone through or something like that. Like you can't manifest at the level that you want if you don't fall in love with all the pieces and parts and experiences that got you where you are now. And so for me, it was really rewriting a lot of my past stories when this little girl inside of me felt so scared and unseen and unheard and unsafe. And I had to go into really deep meditation 
and ultimately connect with this like very um what I call like this like very nurturing motherly character that we have in us um mm-hmm. as as females and if a man's listening same thing like a very father like but this per- this deeper part of us this higher part of us is able to love unconditionally and go back to certain experiences in my past and just love the shit out of that little girl character inside of me that didn't know what she didn't know. And she was just trying to do her best, but she was scared and she was terrified. And I, if you look back on your past, I think you can really find that ultimately we're all always trying to do our best given our current understanding of the world and of ourselves and how to navigate and deal with really challenging situations. And so I always say like, we don't know what we don't know. And we can't condemn ourselves for not knowing how to handle situations. And so I I love this concept of radical acceptance, Just radical acceptance. The more that I hated on that part of me, the more that I hated on that part of me that messed up a lot, <laughs> that didn't know what she didn't know, that lied a lot, that um, when I when I hated on that part of me or pieces and parts of myself that I'm not proud of, man, it only made them worse. It only made it worse. But when I loved the shit out of them, man, things started to change and my behavior started to shift and change. Um, and so I think it's that deep inner work, you know, it's that deep inner work that I wish that we were all taught when we were like five years old, because I think all of our lives would look so different if we were. Wow. Yeah. But I love that you mentioned, you know, like going back to roots, where it comes from. And, you know, as you mentioned, it starts already at an early age. And unfortunately, like such things as emotional intelligence, working things through, it's often not taught in society or in schools these days as well. And, you know, like also another thing is like to love like every iteration of you because we're in constant evolution. And I think there are so many people, they come from a place of judgment, resentment, anger. And as you mentioned, like question ourselves, like who am I at the core? And I think it's an art to be a woman. It's an art to be a man, because especially when they're like mothers or like husband, wife, girlfriend. And then you're like one day, you're like totally in your feminine. And then you're as you mentioned, this boss energy, like get out of way. Yes stuff done and I like to really like push away you know I push away guys I push away my boyfriend I like I need to get yes. stuff done and then yes. I'm like no like so lovely and everything is good and then the other day I'm like the bitch and I'm like you know I'm so yes. angry for no reason and yes. like this is normal to be angry like all of these things to n- navigate mm-hmm. that and I think the core is really self-love and have this concept of like self-marriage you almost have to like honor and marry yourself to yes. be able to marry someone else and yes. you know I'm curious like as an actress I think you also get like other pressure in terms of like you know like the competition in round mm-hmm. appearances like a lot of women have insecurities about their physical you know like body images ideals yes. what are some of the things that you had in your teenager years or early 20s mm-hmm. and- you had to work through like if you're open about to share them oh <laughs> yes I'm an open book uh yeah I I battled like massive uh insecurities about appearance and body image issues and uh relationship with food and um you know I don't think I've never met a woman ever that doesn't you know so I think first and foremost it's like remembering that like oh no matter what someone looks like like literally no matter what they look like, they too struggle with the same exact thing. 
And especially in this like digital age we live in with like filters and and all different kinds of stuff, it it just tightens that. So I I think some of the biggest thing that's helped me is um well on so many levels, especially for women. I think there's a lack of education out there helping us understand what's going on in our body on a monthly basis, because we are literally different versions of ourselves throughout the every month based on our cycles. And I think, you know, for me, I've been deeply studying from hormone experts. And I think a lot of our mental health challenges, even our, our body image issues, even our food issues come from this. Uh, we don't understand our hormones and our hormones are regulating all these different emotions and how we feel at different times of the month. And that's also really affecting our ability to connect with other people because it's really hard to connect with other people on a deep level. If you don't have a deep connection with yourself and that deep connection with yourself also is enhanced by understanding what's going on in your body and how to eat to support your hormones and how to work out to support your, how to set up your business to support um, all these emotions. And I feel like um I feel like one of the best things anyone out there could do that might be struggling is to really like become a scientist for yourself and don't believe every opinion you hear, like really do research for yourself because you have your own unique body, your own unique makeup, and you need different things than other people. And we live in a society often that promotes a lot of like fad diets and everyone should do the same thing. And we should eat like men. And that's just not true. It's just not true at all. Um, we're different beings and we have a completely different makeup and we're, we all have different genetics. And, you know, I used to, and I've tried every different fad diet out there. I've tried every different, um, thing that you could think of when it comes to health, fitness, um, anything to do to like upgrade your physical appearance. And when you have to deal with love, like, radical acceptance and love. Like I battled different emotional eating issues and I worked with several coaches on it. And the biggest thing that it wasn't a quick fix, like, it's not like, you know, we're so used to just like, Oh, I can just do this thing. And all of a sudden I'm better. And then if I'm not better right away, then I create all this, like, um, like shame or guilt or resentment towards myself. And then that only creates, it makes it worse. And so the more I learned how to just like radically accept who I was and how I was in that moment and love on myself like crazy and hold space for times when I just needed to cry. I think we have a really unhealthy relationship with emotion. And what I love to teach people, what's helped me so much and what I love to share is that when you learn how to honor all emotion, that no emotion is good or bad. It's just, it is. And thinking makes it so, right? Because if I'm going through something and I don't allow myself to feel fully feel it, like to, to cry and release, I mean, every tear has a certain amount of cortisol and adrenaline that if you keep that trapped in your body, if you don't let it out, it can cause different sort of like things to go haywire in your body because you need to release it. And so I think, you know, creating more space for ourselves to, especially as women and men to, to cry, <laughs> we need to cry, you know, to, to do different things. Um, to process our emotion and to not be so scared of them, that they're literally just indicators, that emotions are are indicators, like they're like flags. It's like, hey, pay attention, something's off. And if we don't pay attention, it's like as if we're driving our car and our oil light or our gas light's going on. And imagine if you didn't have that. Like imagine if you're driving your car and you don't have 
an indicator to let you know that something's off. Something needs to get paid attention to your car would just stop working. Same thing with our bodies. And I think most of us have spent a lifetime ignoring those indicators. And so of course we have some stuff off, you know, some, of course we have some stuff we got to like tune up and fix and heal. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that's helped me the most is becoming my own scientist mm -hmm. and really understanding that there is no one size fits all for every body or every diet or every anything. Women and men are very different and we have to honor that um, and allow space for each other to be different. Oftentimes in relationships, we're trying to make each other be like each other rather than really understanding like what's your superpowers and what's mine. And what's your weaknesses and what's mine? And how can we honor and support both? And they're supposed to be different. That's why that's the beauty of partnership. Um, and uh, and then also really allowing for allowing space for all emotion to really feel it, even to the point where this has been helpful too. Is like if you feel sad one day, let yourself be so sad. Like just be as sad as you possibly can. And if you feel angry, like let yourself just be angry. Like try to be as angry as possible. And it's amazing what happens because when we just feel it, it dissipates. But if we try to like suppress and deny, it just gets worse. Yeah, definitely. Wow, that's such a good point. And I think it's such a good perspective um, for people going through all these mental struggles, like emotionally, mentally, on all levels. And I think, you know, after I went through certain traumas, um, one of the things that my therapist also told me and that I felt like automatically is like to release it, you know, after I got like scammed from my own business partner and lost like a lot of money in one night I just like cried the shit out of me on that night and then the yes. next day I was like good you know like <laughs> business yes. doing the things and people are like how can you be so chill it's like you're kind of don't give a shit that you lost so much money that other night I'm like what should I do you know I cried enough yesterday and the same thing I always call myself like I'm a very dra dramatic girl you know like I dramatically <laughs> sad I'm dramatically happy I'm dramatically bright but to keep up the brightness, I dramatically express. And I think it's a huge thing to be intense and I'm very person. And I think a lot of women are sensitive around that. And, uh, but it's, it's important like not to repress that because I feel it does affect us physically because when we cry a lot, of course it's exhausting. It drains so much energy. Like sometimes my eyeballs like hurt and I'm like, oh, yes. like I feel sick. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? But then yes. the fact if I would not cry, like the consequences just would be worse. Yes. Uh, and, you know, like one last thing as well, like because we talked, you know, on this podcast so much about how to make the impossible possible, how to mm -hmm. be the hero of your own story and to own yes. yourself like the last thing for the audience like what view would you share with them when it comes to creating their own hero story because there are mm. some people out there they don't even realize that they are the hero they're like oh I'm not there yet and things so what's the perspective you would share with them mm, I love that um yeah ever since I was really young I was really obsessed with this the hero's journey. And if you watch films really of any kind, almost every story is telling some sort of hero journey story. And, you know, the hero's journey is there's some common threads throughout it. And one is this, every single hero's journey has like this dark night of the soul moment where you feel like 
just, you lose, like, it's like extreme loss, extreme challenge, extreme, like, like soul shattering experiences that uh, they go through. And then usually as well, the hero's journey is like, they, they don't think they can do it. <laughs> they don't think they can do it. Oftentimes they like reject that they can do it. And then they have this like soul crushing moment that like humbles them so much and finally allows them to like ask for help because they're in so much pain or so much struggle that they're like, I can't do this on my own. I need help. And that then through that journey of like learning how to ask for help, they go on all these different kind of adventures of learning and growth and, and building more confidence and courage. And then ultimately being able to achieve what they never thought possible. And I think there's so many powerful lessons and there's so much more to it. That was a very quick little highlight version of some things that often happen in every hero's journey. And I think when we help, when we put ourselves in that story, I think oftentimes people look at heroes or hero stories um, and they, they look at them, but they only look at kind of the end result. They're like, Oh, but they won the day. Like they saved everyone. Like they made everything better. Um, and, but they often forget that like most every hero has some sort of sidekick, <laughs> you know, like they, and they need support, like they need help and they have to, most of the time have to learn how to ask for help. So I think for ourselves to really learn how to ask for help and, and to believe that we're deserving of it. I think oftentimes, you know, we've done it. We have different events that we put on all over uh, all over. And one of our like signature events is called the relationship playground. And it's this like three prong event where we do all different kinds of very experiential um, in like exercises or um, experiences. And the common theme is that most people have a really hard time letting love in. Most people are really good at giving love, but we oftentimes have a very hard time really fully receiving love. And I think that's something for us to all question and look at and look into for our own selves of like, am I, am I really on this, you know, and I'll just say that everybody's on a hero's journey because we are, because you are the creator of your own experience. And if you kind of start to study and look at um, what there's all these different printouts of like the hero's journey on online that you can look at and just kind of like this, this curve that we all go through and every chapter of life is kind of this new version of this hero's journey that we go on because every chapter of life requires new things or like we're trying to achieve different things. And um, I think studying that, like studying what is the hero's journey? What does that mean? And how can I see? And if you do, you'll start to see patterns of things that are happening in your life. And it's just learning from like, what did those heroes do in those moments when they felt scared, when they felt like they couldn't do it, when they felt like it was too hard? And most of the time, it's some sort of healing journey that they go on in some way, shape, or form. And so I think one of the biggest things is to understand what it is. Like, what does it really mean? What is the hero's journey? What does that mean? And what does that mean in my life? What does that look like? And what kind of choices am I making? Um, am I choosing to be the hero or am I choosing to be like the villain in my life? Am I choosing to be the the sideline character? Um, and those choices ultimately will design your life experience. And I'm a big believer that it's it's choose your own adventure, right? Like you're here, we're all here on this earth. Nobody really gave us like, there's not like a perfect handbook on how to live or like how to create what we want to create. But I think there's lots of like clues and things and 
for us to learn from each other and share and experience. And more so than anything, I think it's learning how to take all these judgments off of stuff that we go through. When we go through something and experience, we put this judgment on it of like, this was bad. This experience was bad. It was hard. It was, um, or like this person is a, 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 we're labeling everything good, bad, right, wrong. Mm -hmm. And ultimately stepping back and being like, wow, wait, what if none of this is good, bad, right, or wrong? What if I'm just thinking it to be so? And really just realizing that like, uh, I, I love looking at life as like, oh, this like this wild adventure where we get to choose whatever we want and our choices have certain consequences that put us on these paths that lead to these direct, like this trajectory that we go on and, and ultimately what we create. But oftentimes I think we give our power away because it's hard. It's hard to own the fact that like, no, I am responsible for my life, for everything that happens in it. Like I'm responsible, but I can also, that means if I'm responsible, I can change things. And to really understand that our behavior comes from the stories that are deep within us. Mm -hmm. So if you really want to be not only the hero of your story, but create all that you've ever wanted, I think it's really, it's questioning everything, 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 questioning, like, why do I believe what I believe about myself, about other people, about the world? Like, why do I believe those things? Do I want to keep believing those things? Are they helping me be happier and more joyful and enjoy my life and, and create cool experiences with cool people? Or are they not? And if they're not, how can I change them? Because those, those core stories, they pretty much, I mean, they, they, uh, they're running the show. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. We should write a book about this podcast episode. There's so many things and tips and you break it down so nicely. And, you know, I think from all of the things you said, one of the things that pops up as a headline is actually healing. I think, that's yes. such a big word because when people ask me what's you what's your purpose I was in like like I can talk about my business I can talk about be a good example in relationship and things but I feel at the core it's almost like unity and power healing so whether it's in relationships in yes. business in oneself and in one word it's actually love by the end of the day it it does come down to the corny things in life that we think is corny but I yes. feel the corny things are what kind of matters the most and and so true and I love the fact that you also mentioned like be your own scientist where like literally the yes. name of my show is inspiration science and how to merge it's like inspiration it's like the spirit in motion like being in yeah. and you're inspired when you're in love when you're in gratitude when you're in enlightenment you're one of the highest frequency you can be in when you're godly aligned when you have faith you have belief uh your yes. peace your integrity but I also realized there is no right or wrong because so many times like you should do that. You should get to university. You should get married by that age. This judgments. And I always feel like, you know, you have to shake off these labels that were put on you yes. throughout your journey and throughout yes. your childhood. And once you do yes. that, it's like you're now free. So what like to start? Um, yeah. That led me to the science. You have to evolve your own science. And it's such a great way to round it up because it's like for finances and business, how to run it, 
your own hero story, although there's a principle, like you still have to fill in the blanks for yourself and then yes. see what success does look like for you, like how does that work and things. So that's so amazing. Thank you so much, Rachel, for that. And, you know, lastly, where, where can people best connect with you or also potentially have coaching with you when it comes like to relationships and things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So best place to find me, I'm super active on Instagram. Um, but everything is linked to my website. Um, so it's rachelbsmith.com and it's R-A-C-H-E-L-E bsmith.com. And then our other website for the relationship renegades company is just relationshiprenegades.com. Um, and we're also super active on Instagram. And we have a really cool retreat coming up in September um, that maybe you guys can even come to. That would be so fun. Oh, amazing. Where is it? Uh, in Costa Rica. Wow. I've never yeah. been there, but it would be so dope. Well, that would be so I'm, fun. I'm going to link, um, I'm going to put all the links below. Also for all the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Let me and Rachel know what were your key takeaways, your realizations, or the things you're going to implement and tag us also on your Instagram stories, if that feels aligned to you. And also if you're you know interested in retreats, that just Rachel mentioned for September or any other things. Um, I'm going to link this below. So feel free to reach out and who knows who we're all going to meet in person one day as well. So let's do yeah. it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you. Okay, beautiful souls. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day life to untangle wisdom and abundance on all levels. If you feel connection to this audio experience, share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram, Your Universal Way, and my personal Instagram, Ozinjun, O O-C-C-I-N-J-U-N. And always remember, there is no right or wrong way, just your universal way. See you next time.